Win at Work and Life with Nikki Bush is a podcast where we explore what it means to win at both work and life. Today, you get to choose how to create a life of meaning and self-expression that includes both your work and life outside the office with your family. In this episode, I'll be talking to Dashni Padiachi, Transformation, Inclusion and Equality Lead at Rand Merchant Bank. I have worked with Dashni and her team, and I always keep a lookout for her posts on LinkedIn, which showcase so much innovation in the diversity, inclusion and equality space. Dashni, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Nikki. It's great to be here. And Dashni, you didn't start off in the people space. You are actually a qualified accountant. How did you make the shift? Yes, so I am a chartered accountant by profession. I spent 10 years in finance here at RMB. And um, after 10 years, I realized I was really good at it, but it wasn't what woke me up every morning. It wasn't my ultimate passion. And so I started exploring a little bit more of my passion, which is people and human development. And um, I was really lucky at RMB that you get to use your discretionary energy for other things. And I got more involved in the diversity and equality space and then it soon became my full-time role. <laughs> Fantastic and how lovely that you are employed by an enlightened company yes. where you do have discretionary time yes. that you can put towards side hustles and projects that light your fire. Exactly. And Wow. I mean, most people don't have that kind of opportunity. And we always hear about those things in the tech space. But for banking, that's quite unusual. So why have you got such a passion for diversity, inclusion and equality? So I think it's always been something that resides at my core. Um, I think when we are younger, we are told that we can be anything that we want to be, right? But as we start adulting, we realize that we are put into certain boxes and we don't always get to be what we want to be, depending on those boxes. So, you know, race, gender, etc. These are all social constructs and each one of them comes with some level of oppression or some level of privilege. And what I realized as I went through my working career is I started seeing it a lot more and it was something that really appealed to me to, to be more equal in the workplace, to have more opportunity, regardless of your race, your gender, your sexual orientation. And so that's what I'm most passionate about, is creating more equal workplaces. So enabling people to bring their whole selves yes. to the table, their whole selves to work and not box those parts in themselves that they feel are not politically correct. Yes, so I must be able to bring the core parts of me into the organization. So it also doesn't mean that, you know, every organization needs to be everything to everybody, but it must be that I must have the opportunity to succeed. And the organization gives me that opportunity to succeed as well. To find your voice. Yes. Your authentic voice. My authentic voice. And that's so unbelievably important. So let's talk about what makes up diversity and inclusion because it's become a very big space and you've been in it for quite a few years and you must have seen it expanding over time. So I think we've seen, I mean, given our history in South Africa, we've always had the opportunity to talk about it. We've seen it now explode worldwide as well. 
Um, but I think a lot of people, diversity and inclusion almost rolls off the tongue for them. And people often think it's the same thing. Mm. But diversity is very different. Diversity, diversity is a fact. It's the difference that you and I bring into the room. And inclusion is the very conscious actions that we take. So there's a lovely quote um, that diversity is a fact. Equity is a choice. Inclusion is an action. And belonging is an outcome. Yes. And I've just walked through this area because we're sitting doing this interview at RMB. And there is a lovely sense of belonging and togetherness. There's a warmth yes. um, that kind of, you know, just permeates the walls of this environment, which means you must be doing a really good job. <laughs> in fact, I kind of felt, oh, I'd like to work here. And in fact, I have worked in this building before. Um, and I've always loved the feeling. Um, I know that a lot of your work and a lot of work in the DI&E space is often about box ticking, box yes. checking and compliance. Mm -hmm. You have a different view I do. of this, don't you? <laughs> Can you take us into that view? So. I think you've hit the nail on the head there with the word feeling. When I walk through the doors here, I must feel that I belong. Um, you know, for our legislation in South Africa has the best of intent, but it also makes it very compliance driven. Um, it is sometimes a little bit like box ticking. But at the end of the day, for me, this is a conversation about human beings. Um, diversity, equity, inclusion is a human conversation. It's about relationships and it's about people. Yeah, so people, human capital. Human capital. And retention of human capital must be a driver behind yes. some of your work. Yes. Because if people feel a sense of belonging and togetherness and their emotional cups are filled and they get a salary at the end of the month that is com commensurate with the output, is there any reason to leave? There's no reason to leave, but even more than that, when I feel like I belong, I'll bring my best ideas to work, I'll be more innovative, and I'll contribute more to the organization. So your output actually increases the quality yes. of the output, the quality of the discretionary energy and time and attention people bring to work is completely different yes. when they are fully engaged because their whole being is engaged. Yes. Absolutely. And that's so huge because otherwise people are also just coming to work and doing a box checking, uh, checking exercise. Yes. Of, I've done my hours, I've done my job, I go home. The other thing that I think we find when people are fully engaged in the workplace is that they become very good public relations mm. for the organization. So word of mouth spreads. And I can tell you that word of mouth has come to me about the practices within RMB through various channels from employees to people who consult into the company mm -hmm. who talk about the fact that that you really are at the forefront of your game in the DI&E space. How innovative are you? Tell us about some of the, the, the things that you've done and I follow you on LinkedIn because <laughs> there's always something interesting going on in your space. Like I said, I think it's always about creating the right environment here. And if people feel that they belong, they'll tell others, right? And it's not just about our employees, it's about our clients as well. 
And a lot, so some of the wonderful work that we do that I get to be a part of as well is our employee resource groups are really important to us. So these are groups where everyone feels that they have a home. So for example, we've got um, Athena, which is our gender equality group. And we've got re recently launched Origin Lambda, which is our LGBT employee resource group. And why these are really important is that we're able to hear the voices of employees through these groups. We're able to listen to what really matters to them and do what's good for employees and not just what's good for the bottom line. And not just your perception of what matters yes. to them. Yes. So you're really getting to grassroots and creating a culture of deep listening. Yes. Deep listening is really important. Creating those spaces for deep listening is really important. It's also people's stories are important. I love that okay. because there are so many stories and stories are actually what bring it all alive. Yeah. Is somebody's experience of your actions, mm. of what you're putting out into the world. So their response um, is, is just essential. And when I hear your story, I see the human being behind the story. Yes. Yeah. So we've got a great initiative here. It's called Open Mic. And Open Mic is all about RMBers sharing their stories with, with the organization. And it's not stories about their professional careers or their career histories or anything like that. It's real human stories that make them who they are. It's amazing. And what people have to cope with, yes. what they have to transcend, um, where they come from. Where they come from, yes. exactly. Because we live in, with so much duality yes. in South Africa, extreme duality. And it's a powerful thing when someone's able to tell a story about how they have managed to bridge the divide mm. and succeed and win. I think we also, you know, we, in a professional organization, you kind of forget that everybody's had different paths to get you. And everybody, every day has different paths to get you. So we get here and we look at each other and in our suits and ties, and we forget the human being behind that. And sharing these stories allows us to see mm. the human beings. So the suits and ties are the leveler. Yes. The sameness. But behind that is such uniqueness and difference. Yes. And it's that uniqueness that is the diversity, brings the diversity into the room, mm -hmm. brings the richness into yes. the room. But it can't unless we see it and acknowledge it. If we see it, we acknowledge it, and then we leverage it. Because that's the, that's the key to it all, is unlocking the, that difference and unlocking the benefits that that difference brings. If you have a boardroom of people that look different, but they aren't allowed to speak up, we aren't using the benefit of that diversity. And how else are you leveraging that difference? So I think when we, so there's different ways of doing it. Um, the one thing is that our diversity and inclusion conversations are built into everything that we do. So you see all the way from our CEO, and we're very proud to have our first female CEO now, um, all the way down to line managers. It's a conversation that continuously happens. It's 
so important that it's built into our induction programs. It's built into our leadership programs. It's a conversation that permeates everywhere. And so it's not separate to the business conversation. That's amazing because so often it is just a little, uh, you know, tick box. Thing. It's that thing that I've HR does on they, the side yes. sometimes. They signed the, they signed yes. the declaration, yes. we're done. Yes. And that doesn't bring it down to kind of a cellular level. Yes. And, and so we have to interact with people in order to do that. Tell us a little bit about the LGBTQ art exhibition that you had recently that was really dynamite it was t in technicolor and it it really was something that appealed to many different communities so the our lgbtqia plus group is made up of members of the lgbt community in rmb and allies as well so someone like me would be part of, of the group and um when we started the work, we didn't want to just concentrate on employees in RMB. We wanted to have a wider impact, as we do with a lot of our DEI work. With the art exhibition, RMB is always supportive of the creative economy. You'll see that in a lot of our other work, we would have um, supported female artists, for example, in the past. So we wanted to, you know, COVID had a big impact on artists and the creative economy. And we thought that by having this art exhibition, um, seeking out artists in the community, that we were able to not only showcase their work, but help them financially as well. Because they could sell their they paintings. They could sell their work, okay. yes. Brilliant. And it also created a lot of word of mouth. Yes. Which is also good for the bank, good for the culture, for spreading the culture. So you impact on the narrative that's yes. going on in the community. Yes, it's also great for attracting the talent that we want into the bank as well. Absolutely, because talent travels in herds. Yes. And so if you have one happy employee, they will tell other people and exactly. they will bring their friends yes. along for the ride, make those introductions. With our DI work, we, we always say that, you know, we never wanted to be a marketing exercise or the tick the box exercise. If you had to ask anybody here in RMB, do they feel it? That is the most important thing. Okay, so let's go back a little bit to where you and I began, which yes. was in the COVID space. Yes. And we've got parents within organizations. I know you do maternity and paternity transition coaching. Yes. You've been one of the forerunners mm. in that. Can you take us into a bit of the thinking there? Because I know that there are many people who are scared to say, I want to have a baby or I, I'm becoming a dad and I'd like to be part of my mm. child's life. What message is that going to pass on to my employer? How do you deal with that conversation? So I think RMB has always been front runners in the gender equality conversation. And when we started RMB Athena, we looked at why weren't there enough women in leadership at the time? And we realized that it was the pipeline um, of women into senior leadership. A lot of women were leaving around the five to six year mark. And this is usually the time when women start thinking about having children. And there was a big myth around you either had to have a career 
or a family. Mm. Either or, not both and. Exactly. And so we wanted to really address this within the organization. And the parental transition coaching was a wonderful way to do that because this was coaching that helped women transition back into the workplace post-maternity leave, but it focused on career and how do you balance career and family. And balance is a myth. You and I know that. So the word integration is probably a better one. And that integration, has it impacted on long-term retention? It, it definitely has. So even with the coaching, a lot of those women have remained within the organization. This is a conversation now that is, like I said, it permeates through the organization. And then we started looking at the role of dads. And if we want gender equality in the workplace, it has to start in the home as well. Also, a lot of the dads, we realized they wanted to be more hands-on. They wanted to be part of their children's lives. And we saw this a lot more during COVID as well. Oh, so much more. Yes. Like they suddenly realized what they'd been missing out on. Yes. And now they want a piece of the pie. Exactly. Which is amazing. (laughs) Which is amazing. And so we we introduced the paternity coaching to help dads with that transition as well. What I love about it is that when you start a family you actually create a completely new entity and it does impact on your identity as an individual as well and in many situations with couples where this is not acknowledged they keep trying to go back to the way things were before they had children at work and at home and they're fighting a losing battle that brings about so much frustration so many feelings of guilt Mm. And actually, you have to let go of the picture that was, and you have to build a new picture. And what I love about what you're doing is that you're helping people to become awake and aware about that and to acknowledge it, and you're giving them the the tools tools. to actually go and build this new entity, this new identity, this new picture. And then they don't feel shortchanged at the end of the day because they feel they're expanding, not contracting. And that's that's huge. I, I get a sense that with all of your DINE work, you're helping people to grow into become more of who they are rather than less of who they are. So being a parent is a critical part of who you are. You don't, you know, leave it at the door at eight o'clock when you come into work. And we recognize that is that in order for you to be successful at work, you've got to be successful in all the other parts of your life as well. It's all about the whole self. And so parenting was a really important part of that for us. And the parental support has always been a huge um, part of the gender conversation for mm. us. Mm. I think it's magical because what, I, what I'm thinking, you mentioned the LGBTQI stuff. Mm. If you are a parent now within RMB and one of your children yes. identifies with any of those other things in, in that umbrella, mm you're actually now empowered just because you work in this space to deal with those other transition issues because it's okay. Yes. Because it's not something you need to hide. You've made it real and they see it in action here and now they don't have to be afraid of seeing it in action in their own personal lives. Yes. And you know, as part of our parenting work, as part of our LGBT work, it is 
how do we support those parents as well in that journey yes and everybody is walking a journey everyone has a story and those stories are real those stories are real and those stories are important yeah that's amazing so what advice would you give people who are in other organizations because you do this so well at RMB what advice do you have for for them in terms of what they're doing in their organizations where should they start to try and get this conversation right and more real so I think a lot of organizations are doing the numbers um, and the numbers are important it's important to measure what we're doing so the, the actions are really important and the measurement is important. I think a lot of um, organizations don't look at where do they want to be? What is the organization that they want to be? A really important question to ask is, what is the benefit of diversity to our organization? Because it will be different for different organizations as well. Um, and the types of diversity that you might want to have might be different in organizations. But we spoke about it earlier, and I think the most important thing is that ability to listen to your employees and to really give them the space and the psychological safety to speak up as well. So there's a quote I've got here that is really lovely, and it's it's from Andres Tapia, and it says, diversity is the mix. Inclusion is making the mix work. Yes. Have you got any final words on, on that? So if we think about it like baking a cake, right? Mm-hmm. Diversity is all the ingredients that you have ah. to bake a cake. But you have to put those ingredients away in a special way to make that cake amazing. In the right order. Yes. In the right quantities. In the right quantities. Mm-hmm. You have to know what you need in order for the cake to rise. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So once again, we go back to what you were saying. What kind of organization do you want to become? Yes. What's the long-term picture? And are the short-term activities going to get you there? Or are they just to pass the test by the end of the year that you did these things? Yeah. Who do we want to be and what do we stand for? I really, really love that. Um, Unconscious bias. What, how do you, is that just part of the conversation, just making people more aware of unconscious bias in its many different forms? So unconscious bias is a great way to enter the conversation, but it's, it's just an entry point into the conversation. Once I'm aware of my biases, what do I do with them? That's what counts. So I know there's a lot of unconscious bias training I don't believe in DEI training. Right. <laughs> you can't be trained in this. It's the way we live, live it. every day. Yes. It's the psychological safety, again, of being able to call out each other's biases. Without fear of recrimination. Yes. And with the openness of, shall we say, curiosity. Yes. And we all have bias, Nikki. It's all of us. Everybody, even in doing this work, I have bias. I always tell the story of when I was in New York once, I was waiting for my Uber and the Uber pulled up to me and I could not see it. And I could not see it because it was a female driver. Uh I had never seen a female Uber driver in South Africa 
up until that point. I've only ever had one, to yes. be honest. And I was also surprised. Yes. So when the car pulled up to me, I just could not see it at all. But now that I'm aware of it, I'm conscious of looking for the difference. There's a, a lovely phrase, can it be another way? Yes. That I like to use yes. because we get so trapped in our tiny corner of the world of the way things always are for us that we can't see another way until we choose to step out of our comfort zone, make ourselves a little bit uncomfortable, hear how people perceive us and how we communicate, how we show up in the mm. world, because I don't think half the time we're even aware of that. We think we're doing a good job. We think we're doing okay. And it's always interesting to hear when those employee surveys come back mm. and leadership and management are suddenly gobsmacked because they're being labeled as bullies and victims and, uh, and victimizers and uh, biased and all the rest. Like, but that's not me because we're not on the receiving end of ourselves yeah. half the time. So I think you, you said something really important. It's I choose because it is a choice. And a lot of the work starts with self. So there's organizational barriers, there's organizational structures that definitely need to be addressed, but there's also a lot of the work that starts with self, and that's almost the harder part. It's the going deep, self-awareness, yes. and, and that's the real work. You're absolutely right. Someone can facilitate the rest, mm. but if we're not prepared to really look at our shadow self, nothing's going to yes. change. Yes. And that even, you know, goes back to, to our upbringing. Yes. Our home, um, because our neurological pathways are set because of what we do and how we think over and, we've been told. and over and over again. Yes. But it's the playback that happens over and over again because that creates that well-worn neurological pathway, mm. that well-worn unconscious bias because it's just always been that way. And to and undo it. Yes, I was just going to say, it's hard to change hard work. your belief. But it can it. be done, yes. Yeah. So self-awareness is absolutely key. Darshini, thank you so much for your time. I know you're a very busy person with lots of demands. Thank you for joining us today. And what struck me most in this conversation is that we need to unbox people, in yes. your words. We need to unbox people to undo the social constructs that have driven our thinking, driven our belief systems. Because there is always a level of oppression or a level of privilege. I think that really stood out for me with anything that goes on. And that we need to focus on people more than compliance. Yes, we have to tick the boxes, but it's in the actions, in the living of, of what we do that we actually handle the D, I, and E conversations. It's all about going back to the human behind the job. Yes. And how that human being got to this place, the story that they have lived to get to this place. I loved what you spoke about in terms of employee resource groups, that you don't just deal with D, I, and E because of what you know and from your perception, but you actually get into the grassroots of things and you ask a lot of questions and you create spaces for deep listening to happen. And then you spoke about leveraging diversity and that's so important. It's not good enough to just do the work. 
how do you leverage it for the organization? Because ultimately, it's got to make rands and cents yes, sense to the organization. And that you keep these conversations going from the CEO down through the line managers. There's that continuity of conversation. And you had a beautiful word that you used, allies. Yes. It's not just the people in these groups that are important, but the people who support them who are outside of the groups, whether it's from within the organization or outside of the organization. And I think RMB has been really good at spreading the conversation, yes. spreading the love, so to speak. And ultimately, this impacts on your talent retention and on your talent pipeline. And when large organizations have big learning and development programs, they want to see people stay. And if you can acknowledge the stories within the organization, people will stay. Yes. So thank you for sharing those <laughs> insights with us. Um, you are up for, or you, you, you featured in a UN competition in, yes. in terms so, of DINE recently? Um, uh, we recently signed up to the UN Women Economic Principles and we were finalists in the, the UN Women Awards. Well, that is yeah. absolutely fantastic and a testament, obviously, to the work that you and the people you work with do in terms of diversity, inclusion, and equality. So that brings us to the end of this amazing conversation. Thanks again to Darshni Padiachi and to our listeners. I would love to hear your takeaways from this podcast with our inspiring guest today. Please drop your comments in the chat below or email me at info at nickybush.com. And of course, please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues to empower them to win at work and life too.